0: And then this Democrat mayor gets up. He said, Well, I think it was Donald Trump.
1: You are listening to Share a Slice with Sean. Hey everyone, welcome to an episode of Share a Slice with Sean. So this time I'm thrilled to have on the program Joe Newman. Uh, he's the founder and principal of the Rudy Schwartz Project. And... Uh, He's the one who made the song that you heard at the beginning of the show today, Uh, It's Time for Donald Trump. And uh, the style of this group is sort of like Weird Al Yankovic, but I think it's more um, satirical, more political for sure. And uh, I just love them. Um, The first time I heard the Rudy Schwartz project was on the Hour of Slack, and that's run by Ivan Stang, Reverend Ivan Stang, from the Church of the Subgenius. And uh, full disclosure, I'm a reverend of that church. And uh, Joe also is uh, is closely affiliated with the church, at least. I'm not sure if he's a, a reverend or not. Um, and so... Today's conversation, it starts out sort of like an interview, but then it goes more into sort of an informal conversation. So the the format of this episode is a little different than a lot of others, a little more relaxed. So some of you might be into that, some of you maybe not. Um, This is actually the first episode made with zero editing whatsoever of the actual conversation. So you're going to be hearing it just as it happened um, so, uh, without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation with Joe Newman from the Rudy Schwartz Project. So, uh, Joe, thanks so much for uh, being on the show today.
0: Sure. My privilege.
1: So, uh, I guess we'll just get started. I, I have some questions here. Um, I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm interested, well, just for introduction, actually. So, you're Joe Newman, and... A long time ago, you started up a group called the Rudy Schwartz Project. It's more like a musical project of yours. Uh, where, did, where did the name Rudy Schwartz come from?
0: Well, um, in those days, there were a lot of bands who called themselves a project, and I always thought that was stupid and pretentious. So I, I was going to put out a bunch of songs on, on a cassette, And I needed a name to stick on it. So I thought, all right, the first goofy, nerdy name that comes into my mind, I'm going to stick it in front of Project. And that will be the name on this cassette. So that's what I did. And had I known that I'd be doing it for 30 years, I probably would have put more thought into it. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time.
1: Yeah, Rudy Schwartz, and it's an interesting name. It's kind of like, almost like Monty Python. I'm trying to, to decide whether you chose that just for the, the phonics of it, just how it sounded, or if there was any kind of deeper meaning to Rudy
0: Schwartz. There is, a, there is absolutely no meaning whatsoever to that.
1: <laughs> Off to a good it's start.
0: Just, <laughs> it's just a name I pulled from my butt and stuck it in front of Project, and and I'm still doing it. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, uh, it just
0: goes to show you, you ought to think about things because you don't know how long you're going to have to live with it.
1: (laughs) 30 years. Yeah. And you, you got started in, in what, Austin, Texas. This was the early, the early eighties in Austin. You started out with the Rat Scum Tapes? That was, I guess, the first...
0: That was another just stupid name I had to, I stuck on, you know, just came up with. But, yeah, it's, this was in uh, 1983, 84, I started doing this. Um, around that time, people were just starting to put cassettes out. Well, I guess they even started in the late 70s, but... Um, Daniel Johnston was doing it and he had his on the counter at the record exchange on Guadalupe street in Austin. And so I, I ran off a bunch of these tapes and went down to the record exchange and I said, here, I'd like to sell mine too. And they said, fine. And they stuck them on the counter. Um, at some point there were so many people wanting to stick their tapes on the counter that I'm sure they had to say, sorry, we got to start putting them somewhere else. Anyway, I was one of the first after Daniel Johnston to start putting the tapes on the counter. And amazingly, a few people actually bought them.
1: And you had, did you have the art yet? Because like I noticed that a lot of your albums have really cool art on them by a pretty uh, well-known artist over there in Austin.
0: Um, I mean, uh, well, actually there's two Austin artists who have done covers for me. One is Roy Tompkins and the other is Andrew Auden.
1: I think it was Tompkins I saw his work.
0: Yeah, he's fantastic. And um, no, the first couple of tapes, I think I just printed something up myself. And then the third one, I looked up Roy and talked him into doing it. And he did a... Oh, God, he must have done three or four cassettes. And then he did... Uh, I had one... LP put out by a German company, and Roy did a fantastic cover for that one with Ernest Borgnine and a tube of Colgate toothpaste. <laughs> that was really, really good. And, and, um, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, I mean, back then, uh, I mean, I-, I guess the revolution came. And, and I need to do some archaeological digging because i'm I, I remember cassette tapes. like I remember those little things that you you could, you got to wind with your pen if you wanted to go and splice them when they broke or what have you. but before that we were talking like real to real tapes. that was like that was a big deal at I mean, did people send those things around or 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 Not did to it my really knowledge. start with those little ones.
0: I never got a reel to reel tape in the mail. I, we, I just swapped cassettes with people. Um, this was, I think the reel to reel heyday was more in the late 50s and 60s, maybe 70s. Mm-hmm. I, I never actually owned a reel to reel machine myself, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hear some old uh, Over the Edge episodes, and they're talking, and this would have been the 80s, and they're talking about how the, you know, the, the tape broke and they have to go and splice it, etc., etc. et cetera. But I don't know if that's just because.
0: Well, they may they, have recorded on, I mean, recording on reel-to-reel is one thing, but releasing it on reel-to-reel oh, would be yeah. different. Yeah. I, I, I suspect even people who recorded, I, I did know people with reel-to-reel decks that did their work on that, but then they would release on cassette because it's just a more, you know, portable format.
1: So, just to fill people in, I mean, some of the song titles are, are, like, in my opinion, more genius than Rudy Short's project as a title of a, of a band, and that's, uh, you have Polyps Are Forever, Waltz of the Mortgage Bankers, Snot Mouth Tweedle, The Medicinal Properties of Chicken, and, uh, I I like Condoms and, uh, uh, I also like. I, I'm a real fan of Moist Taillights. I, I, I don't know. I just love that. It's like uh, MacArthur Park, or it just rings that way with me. But it's just hilarious. where, where do you get these song titles from? Like, is there any? I mean, do you get them? Where's the inspiration? What's your muse? Uh,
0: it depends. Sometimes. Well, first of all, just to make sure we don't overlook something. Snot Mouth Tweedle, I did not write. Oh. That was written that was written by my college roommate named Steve Hosher. And he left me a couple of his songs on my answering machine. <laughs> which I thought were just which I thought were just fucking amazing. So I recorded both of them. The two songs are Snotmouth, Tweedle, and I've Got a Sheep Out Back. And those two songs I did not write. All praise goes to Steve Hosher. Anyway, the, the song titles that I come up with uh, can come from dreams. Um, sometimes I just like the way words sound together. Sometimes uh, I'll hear just a combination of words in a movie that I think, well, wow, I like the way those words sound together, so I just use it as a song title. Especially if it's an instrumental, and you can just plug any song title you want into the... The situation.
1: That's true. You can like dramatically change the the meaning without having to worrying about uh, you know lyrics or anything like that. Uh, when you mentioned <laughs> the uh, the tape machine there, the answering machine, uh, another thing of the past, I, I guess. Um, yeah, when I was listening to some of the old uh, Hour of Slack episodes, an Hour of Slack, that's a Church of the Subgenius thing, they were like they had one episode where i think they were playing exclusively uh answering machine messages and people were leaving answering machine messages as if it were like a uh you know a reddit or a or a use a Usenet or something back in the day was this a big scene
0: uh, i don't know if it was a seen or not and you know I don't use Reddit so I don't I don't understand you know I wouldn't understand the analogy there um, but yeah you know you people had answering machines and so you'd leave people goofy messages just because you know you could it was just the artifact of the day I suppose tree, tree, tree
1: hi this is Joe
0: and I'm not home bye you call. So you, there? you, call you back I <laughs> tree, 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 tree. Put your goddamn fucking trees on, you goofy motherfucker. You got trees tree stuck up your
1: ass, is that why you say tree, tree, tree. There you you in Goofy <laughs> motherfucking tree-ass motherfucker.
0: If you listen to Sam and Dave there's a track on there that is a actual message I received from a guy who didn't like my message. I don't know why he called me. Anyway, it's called Thanks for Calling and there's this psychotic guy who was uh, leaving a profane message on my answering machine. Anyway, this guy got to where he was calling repeatedly because he was so obsessed and angry with me acting like a dork on my answering machine that I actually began pursuing, finding out who this creep was. And I had predicted it would be a guy living in a trailer home near Bergstrom Air Force Base. And it turned out it was a guy living in a trailer home near Bergstrom Air Force Base. (laughs) I I actually called it anyway. The police at some point, I believe told him you need to stop doing this. And then he laid off, but, he was calling at three in the morning to be angry about my answering machine.
1: Wow! Yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty wild. I mean, that's what late night radio shows are for. You you, sh- you should have been calling those instead. Um, yeah, actually, um, and this is not related to the evangelical guy. I mean, you 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 released uh, at least one track about uh, God. I think it was uh, the title here was. Uh, kill god kill for god
0: no not kill god kill for god yeah. kill
1: for god yeah and nietzsche
0: would say god yeah, religion dead. was a religion was a common theme on my stuff in the early. i guess it still is to some extent but um anyway who are you talking about an evangelical guy
1: yeah what, like what, uh was, i i checked on the online because i was you know doing some internet uh stalking before the interview and uh i remember i, I saw it in a news group i have it here uh This guy, he said that he he remembers you telling him that you're getting hate mail and death threats from some psycho-religious zealot.
0: No, this sounds like a case of...
1: Broken telephone?
0: Stories evolving as they're retold. Uh, Ah. I think what he's talking about there is I had a guy who bought all of my tapes. And then he sent me this creepy letter on kitten stationery. Saying, saying that he had he had burned all of my tapes in the backyard because <laughs> he he thought the music was okay but the lyrics were evil so he burned them in the backyard and he was challenging me to debate him on the literal truth of the Bible. Wow! And I did not respond to that challenge. <laughs> so that it, it was creepy, but there were, I never actually received any death threats.
1: Well, that's that's good. I mean, yeah, it is good. <laughs> and uh, I mean, your uh, I mean your music. I mean, uh, I recently on the show, I actually, had uh, John Law on. He's from the Cacophony Society, um, and down there in San Francisco. And uh, he'll be on the show actually again in the future. And uh, during the show, we kind of explored like. Dada and uh, absurdism and the sort of like, I guess, purposeful, subversive nature of some of this stuff where like it sounds ridiculous, but it's actually taking you out of the headspace of of, I guess, the our culture, the machine, whatever is like kind of kind of putting us into a compartment and it's breaking us free out of that. And, and I'm wondering how much of that were you aware of when you were making your music starting out, and or did did you become more aware of that? Is there is there like a primary manifesto or goal to this uh, project as it started off and evolved?
0: No, there was there was nothing that could be remotely <laughs> called a manifesto. What what it was was I was playing in a band in Austin. I started writing my own songs. I'd never written songs before. I thought, think, I I was thinking, I'd like to hear what these songs would sound like. So I bought a four-track. I started. I bought a drum machine, a real cheap one, shitty MIDI sequencing equipment, and I started doing these songs at home on a four-track. That was it. There was there was no manifesto. It was just the desire to write my own songs.
1: So this is like. This is not an act that you're putting on. This is not some sort of like attempt to change the world. This is just you putting <laughs> yourself out there.
0: No, I'm I'm not attempting to change the world. No, uh, there, uh, n- nothing that grandiose. I'm sorry.
1: Well, I mean, I guess it's good that you didn't. I, I wouldn't have be those so intentions. presumptuous
0: as to think that I could change the world. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, it would be a big letdown, I guess, after thirty years if you had that original goal. So. I mean, I
0: guess it's, it's yeah, good and Yeah, had a way. I been trying, it's only gotten worse since I started doing this, so I would be very depressed if that were my goal.
1: Yeah, this brings me to the one of the later tracks that you released, uh, uh, Donald Trump, I guess. Uh, that was, I, I love that track. That was actually the first track of yours that I heard. I think it's because it's just kind of all over iTunes. When is it I, the
0: Which is, it, it's time for Trump or the one about him getting shit on by the Russian hookers?
1: No, no. This is it's time for Trump. I didn't. I okay. didn't hear the Russian hookers. I thought it was a pee thing actually uh, with Trump. But there
0: is urine and feces involved in that song. Yes, both. Okay, so, good. Uh, it's on the same album. It's called "Nice Action Out the Backside." So yeah, there are two Trump songs on that album. It's time to celebrate their other anymore
1: right and they're being politically correct the way they take them out uh, look at my african-american over here look at him are you the greatest i love the old days you know what Yeah, and I mean that—that that is like an absolutely hilarious uh, track, and uh, I mean, uh, just the the whole like—it's uh, interesting the way your styles can 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 go from like—I uh, mean that's more like a uh, what's the word? It's not a—it's not a polka. What is it? It's like it's a, a march. Yeah, it's a march. Okay, it's a yeah, march. that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas the, you got you got all these different like kinds of songs all meld together, so like really you're not you, you. It looks like you never really were going for any manifesto or style. It's just you just took all your influences from your youth and just kind of jumbled them all together into this weird and wonderful.
0: Well, one thing I I, 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 I like music that changes styles a lot. Mm. So I mean I, I get if I had to sit around writing the same type of music all the time i would get bored as hell which is one of the many reasons i suppose why i've never had any commercial success with this stuff because i think people people prefer to get into a lock into a groove and you know yeah which is fine but you know i my own stuff i like to you know i get bored if i have to write the same kind of thing over and over so i like to jump between styles a lot
1: well, even the song um, that I'm so fond of there, the Moist Towelettes, it, it kind of like, it feels like it goes through several different phases of the song. And I, I played it for my wife and she's like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, it's really cool. You're going to love it. I love this song. And she's like, I don't know what the hell you're listening to. <laughs> what kind of music is this? And I'm like, well, it's Rudy Schwartz. Rudy Schwartz project. That's about it, really. It's the only way I can, you can classify it. I, so, so
0: it doesn't sound like you sold her.
1: No, I gotta work on it a bit.
0: <laughs> well, you know, don't don't compromise your marriage or anything for this. <laughs> it's not that important. <laughs>
1: uh, well, you know, the, yeah. Uh, I mean, for your actual influences, I mean, what like. What do you think, like, really influenced you into, the, like, this kind of music? Because not only do you have, like, uh, different genres of music going on here, uh, some of it sounds a little bit like Weird Al, some of it sounds a, a little bit like Zappa, Captain Beefheart, etc. But, I mean, you also cover all these different, like, themes. I mean, the, the political stuff I, I kind of get. I mean, that's always just there behind behind the scenes pissing you off or pissing me off too but what, what about some of this other stuff where did it all come from
0: well can you give me an example of, of what you're talking about
1: so okay I... so like let's say uh, for instance uh, some of this stuff about uh, the uh, what about the, the 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 polyps or the boogers or the poo I
0: mean is that the polyps and the boogers and the poo yeah. Well, there's only one song that mentions polyps in the titles, and I believe that was inspired by the fact that Reagan was getting polyps removed from his colon when I had okay. to come up with a title for that. Um, the Boogers. I've only got one song about boogers, and I didn't write that one.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. That was your, uh, booger, your roommate.
0: Right. No, that wasn't my roommate. That was a different guy. That was um, that was written by the Swingin' Love Corpses. as a subgenius band. Uh, Philo Drummond and Sphinx Drummond wrote that song. Yeah. And I was in a band in Austin called Booger Nine Thousand, coincidentally, uh, with other sub genius types, including Sphinx Drummond, and we did that song. And so that's where I learned that song. And then when I was putting the full frontal Klugman album together, it was a I had this it was about ready to go, but I thought I need something perky to kick the album off. And so I uh I wrote to Philo and Sphinx, and asked them if I could use that song, and they said sure, so I I did a cover of of it. So, yeah, the boogers and the polyps, you know, there's not much to say there, but the poo, yeah, there probably is a lot more poo going on, and I can't really say that that's an overriding theme that I've given a lot of thought to, but I can't deny that I do mention body functions probably more than most people.
1: Is that like maybe it's a Freudian thing? I don't know.
0: Could be, could be.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you, your affiliation with the Church of the Subgenius. I mean, are you uh, are you you're a member of the church? Like, when did when did you hook up with those guys? Like, uh, when did you meet
0: them? Um, I probably it's been so long. I probably mailed my cassettes to Stang and. Right. Um f- fortunately, he liked them, and he began responding to me. And I met him for the first time. I asked him to come down to Austin to do a vocal on the Bacon for Tomorrow's Breakfast on the Gunther Pax's Stiffy album. And he graciously came down to Austin and recorded that. And that was the first time I met him, I think. I met him subsequently at parties and stuff. That song, in fact, the lyrics from that, they may seem absurdist, but they're actually taken from a film by Larry Buchanan called Down on Us, which is, are you familiar with Larry Buchanan? No, I'm not. He's a legendary bad filmmaker. Um, anyway, this movie, Down on Us, is his uh, description of how Nixon had Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and Jim Morrison murdered in order to stop the hippies. It's a, I really recommend this movie. you got to seek it out. Anyway, there's a soliloquy in the middle of the movie from the guy playing Jim Morrison, and, and the lyrics from The Bacon for Tomorrow's Breakfast are directly ripped off from Jim Morrison's soliloquy in this stupid movie.
1: I'm going to have to catch it up. I don't have to get that because, uh, you know, over the past year, I'd say over the past two or three years now, I've been slowly drifting towards this stuff, uh, mostly by accident. Uh, uh, I admit that, uh, I, I'm over here in Montreal it's kind of far away from the scene. If you know what I mean, I'm kind of feel like I'm on the outskirts, but, uh, Uh, In 1993, uh, I saw my first Dobbs head uh, as a screensaver in the computer science uh, lab. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then uh, it kind of stayed burned in my psyche for about, oh God, maybe years and years until eventually I'm like, yeah, what is that? And I just went back to the website and... That brought me to the, you know, the puzzling evidence show, and, and then it just, I, uh, the cacophony society, Rudy Schwartz project, like it all just came pouring in. Once I, once I, uh, discovered all that. So, and
0: so, your wife is still speaking to you?
1: She thinks it's all a little weird. Uh, she got to uh, understanding. She did some research to make sure I wasn't going to go kill myself, and she can she. <laughs> She like uh, confirmed that uh, I'm unlikely to kill myself, at least not on purpose. She was mm-hmm. a little weirded out. Well, you out do about know
0: it. that uh, we in the Church of the Subgenius reached the a level where we have to cut off our own balls. Are you? Did you hear about that? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, but we have to. I mean, do we have to use a special knife? I don't know. I'm not up on it, to be honest. I got it. Maybe I'll ask. No, Stan. I just
0: it's, 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 it's fine. I got a Dremel tool. It was fine. <laughs>
1: She, uh, she basically, you know, I weirded her out a little when I told her, yeah, I think I'm going to go to, um, uh, Athens, uh, Athens, Ohio, uh, around that area to, I'm going to go camp there for like seven days with a bunch of people. And she's like, that sounds like the stupidest thing you could ever do. And I'm like, okay, well,
0: maybe I will. Did you go down? Did you go there?
1: no i didn't i couldn't make oh. it my my family unfortunately there were there was some illness in the family i couldn't make it but i'm i'm kind of hoping that uh they uh, they move like, lately uh stang has been talking about um, adding another f- sort of date i think it's uh it would be uh what may the 7th and uh, it, uh i've been suggesting vegas easy to get to lots of hotels for those of us those pansies like me would prefer not to camp. I just prefer to stay in a hotel room, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in that league too. I, I I've gotten to where I I like comfort. Yeah. Meaning a pillow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bed, you know, running water, electricity. Yeah. I can plug things I'm 57 things into. years
0: old, and uh, <laughs> I've got arthritis in my back, and I'm not going to lay on the ground all night.
1: So I'm, I'm hope if it's something like that, I, I'll definitely go. But I mean, the last conference I went to was uh, I, I hung out with a bunch of uh, Satanists from Detroit. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, used to interesting folk to a certain extent. So uh, I, I, I look forward to that. Um, but uh, yeah, she my wife, uh, she she actually bought me a uh, Dobbs head pillow. Uh, oh,
0: that's sweet. my head
1: on for Christmas, and she bought a little, the little Dobbs and Connie uh, uh, ornament for the Christmas tree there uh, for uh, for Christmas as well. So she's uh, she's trying, you know.
0: Yeah, that's nice what the hell do you think you're doing dragging your butt through the day selling body and soul to a bunch of bland normals acting stupid so they'll think you're one of them tired of getting all of the guilt. But none of the sex? There is a simple answer, dear friend. A glowing beacon of slack amidst the turmoil and darkness. It's J.R. Bob Dobbs, the living slack master in his church of the sub Bob brings a new destiny for the abnormal. For Bob comes to justify our sins, to unmask the conspiracy, and to get us back. The slack they stole away. It's us versus them. Are you gonna fry? in hell on earth alongside the pink boys or will you pull the wool over your own eyes and accept bob into your mind repent quit your job slack off and praise bob church of the Sub
1: is eternal salvation or triple your money back there's some there's some loving my, my wife tolerance. couldn't give a
0: shit about any of this stuff she just you know she's got her own parallel universe but <laughs> well, we get along great
1: there, there you go i just go do my weird stuff and, uh, you know, it's like it's like uh, the old, uh, you know, those old movies or even uh, even newer movies where the guy just goes in the basement and he tinkers around, you know, builds birdhouses or whatever the hell he does down there. And the, the wife just uh, hangs up upstairs. And that's the way it usually works.
0: I have gotten my, my wife more interested in bad movies, though. So she, you know, we were watching one the other night called uh, Star Crash with Marjo Gordner. I've seen um, that. My God! Oh, that that's a, classic, Christopher Plummer. Yeah, yeah. That that that's they, they I that's think it top was grade bad movie there.
1: But I think Christopher Christopher Plummer somehow managed to recall, like, have a lot of the prints destroyed for some
0: reason. <laughs> and I then I never heard that.
1: I look it up because I think I. He's I, a Canadian, a, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I Is know it? that. Yeah, he but if you go to the osi74 webpage uh, you do you know about osi74
0: yeah i've got their roku channel loaded on my on my roku
1: yeah if you if you go to that webpage um and you look up because uh, it's um, what is it C- cinema insomnia has a, has a breakdown of that movie i think uh it's like one of the ci uh, cinia it's by Mr lobo he's one of these uh late night uh hosts yeah 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 and he got the glasses goes it. right right and uh yeah. I, I tried to get him on the show but I think I ended up rescheduling on him too many times so he gave up on me but uh anyway um yes he actually um did something on the show and and they mentioned something about being in the possession of uh, one, like it, it was reduced down to uh, just one or two VHS copies, I think. Like literally there was a purge that occurred because someone didn't want anybody to see the film.
0: Huh. But maybe it's well, all there's just a, a, lie. There's a there's a private Roku channel right now called Area 51 that has um, all sorts of bad remakes of star wars although i can't imagine what would be worse than star wars itself but they've, they've got these movies on here like and star crash is front and center on this channel
1: our appliance what is it appliance wars
0: i don't have know if that one's that? on there or not and there's a turkish version of star wars too. oh my
1: god oh jeez that's 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 uh the turkish version is just utter i don't know if even i have the fortitude to get through the Turkish Well then version. if that's
0: the case you might have a problem with Larry Buchanan movies but you can <laughs> you can give them a try and you might want to start with Zontar the thing from Venus and and work your way up to Down on Us but
1: will definitely if, work if, on
0: it. If you can get through Larry Buchanan movies then you know there's the sky's the limit.
1: Um yeah you know when I first uh, joined the Church of the Subgenius. I, I you know, kind of analyzed the bull data, and I was probably thinking way too hard about the whole situation. And I thought, you know, these bad movies that are really—they're so bad that they're—they're they're good. They're almost like—I wouldn't call them rites of passage, but they might be sort of like you—you you struggle through them, and they just make you a better person. And uh, yeah,
0: I, a lot of them. I don't even struggle. I mean, I find. Something like Star Crash or or Plan 9 from Outer Space, infinitely more entertaining than most of the swill that they're pushing off as good movies nowadays. I I loved
1: Plan 9. I watched
0: that. Yeah, I've watched that thing a dozen times, and I could watch it a dozen more times and and enjoy myself every time. I mean, it's an entertaining movie.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: There are bad films that are just really hard to get through. I'll, I'll admit, but there's a lot of them. They're just better. That to me, they're more entertaining
1: Star than Crash. whatever
0: crap they're showing at the the mall this weekend.
1: Star Crash is definitely one of them. I love it. Uh, uh, I mean, I love all the characters in which one, the guy from Knight Rider. What's his name again? Michael Hasselhoff? David Hasselhoff.
0: David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. Yeah, yeah. Just Oh, I yeah. tell you, when if, if if you want to go down the the bad film trail one you ought to look for is um um oh god i forget the title of it monster and the stripper by the Orman family <laughs> ron and june ron and june ormond yeah they, they made uh white trash sexploitation films until they found jesus and then they started making christian scare films <laughs> And all all of their, no matter what genre they're in, it's all fucking insane. There's one, uh, uh, anyway, Monster and the Stripper is before they found Jesus.
1: It could and be. It sounds like it could be good it, either it, way. It, it you also go. goes
0: by the title um, "The Exotic Ones." It has an alternate title. So, I'm, I'm and gonna, then the other one, the other one that uh, just my top films for, uh, of this type would be Blood Freak. And the monster and the stripper. I mean, those are just essential.
1: Uh,
0: I'm, I think, I'm I think hunt Blood hunt Freak is uh, I think Blood Freak is on YouTube.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, for just to, just to finish this off, I guess, uh, I just add that, uh, uh, you know, I started out kind of watching uh, MSK, uh, Mystery Science Theater, MST, rather, uh, 3000. And, um, it's a great show, but I, I just I couldn't get over the fact that they were kinda they were just knocking the film the whole time and I wasn't really getting the film, you know? Whereas mm-hmm. something like uh Cinema Insomnia, you got the goofiness in between the film. So you get the goofiness and you know, he's kind of making fun of the film, but at the same time you're 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 getting the film for what it was. And that that's actually plenty because um I, I find that then I can kinda make my own jokes and laugh at it or actually genuinely you know and enjoy it enjoy it i mean uh, mm-hmm. there's one film called i think it's called like Idaho Junction or something uh
0: it's Who's in that?
1: Nobodies. a whole bunch of nobodies and it's by uh, Peter Fonda made it
0: He directed it?
1: He directed it yeah and it's actually it's an, this science fiction show and the, and the, the acting's a little wooden in it but the the theory like the the whole plot behind it is just I find it fascinating. I think it was really well executed for how little they did and the uh, and uh yeah I mean uh, uh, it was uh I've seen people kind of you know make fun of it and I'm like that's that's cool to making fun of it that's great but to be honest uh you know it, it's a horrible film but it's got a, a lot of redeeming qualities to it.
0: Yeah, it can have both, or sometimes it could just be horrible and have no redeeming qualities, which, <laughs> which in itself might be entertaining.
1: It could be depends on your your mood, depends yeah. on what you.
0: Yeah, a lot depends on your mood. Yeah, how much bullshit are you willing to put up with at any given moment? So
1: exactly.
0: Have you ever seen The Room? This was made in two thousand three. I, I generally prefer bad films before nineteen eighty, but this is an exception.
1: I've never seen the room. It has a 3.5 out of 10 on uh, IMDb.
0: It's it's amazing.
1: Nine percent on Metacritic.
0: Yeah, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> check that. out. It was on YouTube last time I looked. I don't know if it's still up or not. But...
1: <laughs> well, I,
0: There's I, a movie now that's it's about the making of the room. It's called uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Uh, the disaster artist or something like that. Okay. It's a popular movie going around now. It's not as good as the room though. The room is just, um, you can't believe you're watching something. You, 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 just, you don't know if they're kidding or not. So is but the dis- from all I've read, they weren't kidding.
1: So as the disaster artist, it's kind of the same they were trying to do maybe another spinal tap or maybe another sort of, you know, no, artists, thing.
0: no they're trying to re recreate the making of the room. Oh, so hmm. I would definitely see the room first. Yeah. So, you makes, know, you know what they're talking about.
1: <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so do you have any, uh, do you have any like projects that you're working on now? Uh,
0: the last year, um, I haven't gotten a lot of new stuff done. My my wife and I bought a, a house, and we have spent a lot of time getting moved, and I've been remastering a lot of stuff because I've mm-hmm. got better stuff now. So I've been trying to get everything re-released on CD, even though nobody buys CDs anymore. And lately, I have been... Uh, mixing and mastering some instrumental music by David Morrison, who is a really talented guy down in the States. And he's also the guy who sang lead on Moist Towelettes.
1: Oh, great. That's a good uh, little tidbit there. My my current favorite uh, tune.
0: Yeah, the guy who sings on that, I've I've been working. He's he's got some instrumental stuff he's been doing and I've been mixing and mastering it for him.
1: Yeah, I actually heard some of those uh, remastered tracks on the hour of slack. I think Sl- Stang played uh, one of those uh, in the last episode or maybe the episode before. So he's excited by that too. He's playing those.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it.
1: And uh, I mean, in I guess let's let's try not to get too depressed, but um, I mean in in these days of Donald Trump and I guess just what what what's your what's your suggestion? Do you have any like hopeful suggestions for the young the young generations for dealing with uh, the him and the fallout? Uh, share your wisdom. I mean,
0: uh... I have no wisdom and I have no inspiring thoughts. I mean, they're screwed. <laughs> I mean, they're they are absolutely screwed. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're going to gut anything resembling a social safety net down in the United States. I'm it's, I'm speaking specifically about the United States.
1: Right, right.
0: The rest of the world ain't doing too good either, but I mean, down there they are screwed. Yeah, because
1: all you're, I
0: you're, can say is get off your asses and vote, because that's the only thing that's going to fix it.
1: Yeah, get off your ass. I mean, whew, that's a, Have if you, you, you seen how good the TV is? <laughs>
0: I'm sorry? Have you seen
1: how good the TV is these days? I mean, uh, uh, trying to get people to get off their butts, it's not easy.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at the people. I I, I ride the bus a lot. I don't like driving, so I take the bus. And uh, so I overhear what is on the minds of people and it's just the most vacuous crap i mean if anyone thinks canada is more enlightened than the united states they would be pretty disappointed when they got here but yeah i do think but i do think canadians are less brainwashed um than the americans
1: maybe it's because they haven't gotten to us yet you know,
0: they're working on it, though, because that crap is seeping across the border and you start to see shit like rebel media and this right wing yeah. poison starts winding its way up here. And and I'm guessing in about another 20 years, Canada will be just as fucked up as the United States.
1: It's like a leaky colostomy bag or something. It's just yes on its way out.
0: That would be an appropriate metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Only it's leaking north to the north.
1: Yeah, it's like, uh, I guess we're just downwind or downhill from that. And now it's just coming well, all yeah, down it, here.
0: You know, it's kind of like we're attached to the 800 pound gorilla. And, you know, it's, you try to live your life, but it's, you know, what they're about to do with uh, trade policy, for example, is going to fuck over a lot of people on both sides of the border. But they've got an eight-year-old boy running their country, and he's just going to fuck things up. So,
1: and so, uh, I think it's an ideal situation uh, for for them. So, uh, with that said, um, over the past thirty years of making music, I mean, is there any thing you've learned, or is there any sort of like a lesson or or insight? We're we're looking for, I'm <laughs> looking for kind of an Oprah moment here. If you got one for me.
0: I have, I have no Oprah moments. I'm sorry. Uh, all I can say is if you're a young person and you want to spend your life fucking with people's minds, I think that's an admirable goal and go for it, but learn a trade so that you don't starve to death. You gotta, you gotta figure out how to do something to to buy food and pay the rent. And, um, Learn how to program computers, whatever the hell. But, you know, don't expect doing art or music or acting like a weirdo to actually feed you because it won't.
1: Amen. Keep your day job and then you can stay weird for the rest of the day.
0: Yeah. But don't give up that spark that tells you that you want to fuck with people's minds. Yeah. Don't ever don't ever give it up.
1: Don't become a normie.
0: No. No. Don't do that.
1: <laughs> so, Joe, uh, thanks so so much for being on the program.
0: Well, thank you, Sean. I appreciate, and and uh, we didn't get to talk about Montreal, but I I, I actually miss Montreal. I liked it over there.
1: Yeah, it was the weather that uh, kind of chased you away. We just keep on getting it chased. Snowier. My wife
0: away. I would I would still be there, but my wife wanted to get back to the coast. So, well, my yeah, son, I, I, I'm very fond of Montreal. It's a great city.
1: My son, uh, as I said, he's picking up the. Uh, the accordion and uh and i just looked in the in that's the great good kijiji. for him yeah i looked at kijiji there and like montreal is just full of accordions for sale everybody that's something different about montreal Is that it is it is yeah it's great
0: there's a great I well i don't know if it's still there there was a really good accordion store on jean talon boulevard it was up uh near the last metro stop on the blue line i can't remember what that place was called
1: there's a, I think it's called, there's something called accordion world or something here. Yeah, that's
0: probably something Le Monde d'accordion or something like that. But yeah, that's a good place.
1: Uh, accordion anyway, that's excellence. great. You,
0: you should encourage your kid. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah. I, I wish my parents had sat me down with an accordion when I was that age.
1: The thing is that all the people I speak to whose parents did sit them down with an accordion, they want to set fire <laughs> to all accordions in the world. Yeah, it's maybe
0: maybe it's for them. Yeah, I don't know. He I don't know this, what to take.
1: He did this to of his own free will just to give you an idea of what kind of stock we're dealing with here.
0: He he's that's like great. I want to
1: I want to play the accordion. I'm like, "Yes, that's my son." You got
0: a you got a winner there.
1: Yeah. For for sure. Um yeah, and uh listen, anytime you want to drop by Montreal if you want to like uh get together, uh have a coffee or something, uh let me know.
0: Yeah, if I ever get back over there, it's about a thousand dollar plane trip, so I won't be (laughs) doing it very often, but
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. I got folks. Maybe one of these days. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Sean. Take care. Well, that's about it for this episode. I really want to thank Joe Newman from the Rudy Schwartz Project for being on the show. And uh, I'd like to encourage you all to look up the Rudy Schwartz Project on the internet, in Apple Music, uh, Spotify, you name it, it's out there. I'll have links in the show notes. I'd like to also thank the Fantastic Plastics, as always, prefer- for providing the, uh, the other music in the show, the normal uh, intro and outro bits. And uh, I'd like to encourage you to check them out as well over at Bandcamp. Um, as a regular running feature, I'm just going to read reviews that I got recently. Uh, one is by Sunny Megatron. And she has her own amazing uh, podcast as well. And I'll put a link there. It's uh, I believe it's called the American Sex Podcast. So, Sunny writes, I just started listening to it and I love it already. The topics are so diverse, and everything I'm into hearing about, that it's hard to decide which episode to listen to next. Bravo. Thank you so, so much, Sunny. I'll be putting a link to her podcast in the show notes as well. So I'm going to end off the show today with uh, a song, my favorite song right now by the Rudy Schwartz Project, and uh, it's called Moist Towelettes. So, thanks so, so much for listening. And uh, do come back next time and do follow us on social media. Uh, Twitter, you can go to Slices Podcast, and on Instagram at Slice Podcast. Thanks so much. Have a great day.
0: display of refreshing nice
1: we